This is no April Fool's joke. Our March membership campaign was so successful that we're extending it through the entire month of April. Enjoy 50% off the regular monthly or annual membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code NOFOOLING, one word, to receive 50% off our regular membership price of $50 per year or $5 per month. Members receive access to bonus content, an ad-free listening experience, exclusive blog posts, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. This is a limited time offer, so act now. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code NOFOOLING to receive 50% off. Thank you. This is Words Matter with Norm Ornstein. We've got the votes and screw the rest of you. And Dr. Kavita Patel. These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, David Rothkopf, coming to you from spring-like Washington, D.C. Uh, I am uh, guesting in here, joining uh, my friends, Norm Ornstein of AEI and Kavita Patel on their podcast, Words Matter, why they've let me in. I don't know, but I'm grateful because I miss them. We used to be able to talk every week. How are you doing today, Norm? I am doing just fine, David, uh, uh, except for what is happening uh, here at home in Israel and elsewhere around the world. Kavita, how are you doing other than the fact that the planet is a complete shitstorm? (laughs) (laughs) I I can just say the best thing I look forward to this week is spending time with both of you. So I feel better. Well, it's very nice. And if people knew that you were hiding in a closet in Texas to do this. I guess they would know that just your your view of the world uh, dovetails with ours as well. Um, That's right. Um, All right. So, you know, I I, I have been, you know, following all the reports and things, you know, Trump's going to be indicted by this person. Trump's going to be indicted by that person. Uh, This institution, that institution, it's going to happen this way or that way. Who knows? what's happened between the time we recorded this and the time that it's gone on the air. But I like to think ahead a little bit. At some point this year, 2023, Donald Trump's going to be facing multiple indictments. He will have been indicted in multiple venues. Um, And um, he, in the course of the past few weeks, has gone crazier and crazier, post calling uh, prosecutors animals, blaming prosecution on the world Jewish conspiracy, calling for death and destruction, uh, retweeting tweets where he's posed holding a baseball bat over the head of New York District Attorney Alvin um, Bragg. He's had a, 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 a rally in Waco, Texas, um, where he, uh, uh, you know, warned of death and destruction. He's amped that up ever since. The closer he gets to a conviction, I can only imagine the crazier he's going to get. And yet I don't see any sign of people in the Republican Party going, yeah, okay, this guy's going up the river. 
we got to change our tune. Where where do you expect they will all be later this year? Will they ultimately shake this, you know, Trump addiction? Um, or are we all going to go down in flames because they don't have the backbone to do it? Let me start with you, Kavita. Oh, yes. Norm, you, you must be reading our minds. Norm, this is literally what keeps me up at night, David. So I'll say I'm of two minds of this. I am of two minds, and Norm has been part of coaching me to be of the more rational, sane mind, where right now he's the leader of the party, and that's kind of where they are at, which is why Republicans are kind of keeping their mouths shut right now. But as kind of as we get closer and closer to an actual election, that as hopefully another candidate emerges or other voices emerge that moderate saying what used to be rational Republicans will shift their focus. That could be a third candidate. It could be a number of people, probably not Tiny D, Ron DeSantis, but that's that's of one mind. Then I am of a second mind. That did, you call him, did you call him Tiny, Tiny D? D? I did call him Tiny D because <laughs> Donald Trump called him Tiny D in Waco, I believe. So um, and, and I got to be honest with you. The thing about Trump is that some of this stuff sticks, tiny D sucks. So my second mind recalls 2016 thinking, even though the numbers were telling me one thing, my heart was telling me another. And David, I worry that we have to remind ourselves that in 2020, you know, this man still got, you know, 20, 70 million votes. So the margins were such that he doesn't need. And as we've talked about on Words Matter, that changing voters, even Republicans who disdain everything about this man, they will still vote for him if it means that their party can be in power. And that's uh, where, again, as I mentioned, I don't sleep and this is why. So I'm going to have Norm try to put some civility Mm -hmm. into what I am terrified of. And and one of the many reasons, David, that I want to ask you why has Biden not announced? Is there something that I'm missing? Because we all know that he's building out his apparatus for a reelect. And as long as that question remains out there, Donald Trump kind of becomes still part of an incredible media cycle and dominates conversation. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I guess I heard that he was going to announce now in April, although I, I don't recall why. I, oh, I know why. Because if he announced now, because of the way they do federal election cycles, the first quarter he would have a very low number. Now, this to me right. is very inside right. baseball, but no, 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 yeah. I agree. I've heard the same, but it is uh, yes, you're you're right. So April, but you know, April first. I don't know when we're going to hear this, and uh, I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I'm personally, as much as I admire the work of Joe Biden as president, as much as I strongly support his reelection as president. Um, I don't believe his announcement will have any effect on the news cycle at all, because I think it's baked into the cake. Anyway, Norm, what do you, what do you think about all this? And can you help Kavita sleep at night? <laughs> um, uh, that I'm afraid I would have to plead no low contendere. <laughs> having said that, um, there have been so many occasions where Republicans had an open lane to get distance from Donald Trump. Remember after January 6th, where even Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell went on the floors, respectively, of the House and Senate to condemn his role in a violent insurrection. And then, of course, 
step back from doing anything about it. Uh, I am struck, however, if you go back and look at what Mitch McConnell said when he voted against impeachment after having slammed Donald Trump, it was, well, there is a better venue for this. It's the criminal justice system. So keep that in mind. But then remember that when we were on the verge of an indictment in New York, we still, at the time we're taping this, don't have it. It will be coming, I think, quite soon. Instead of either staying out of it or getting more distance from Trump, what do the Republicans do? They attack Alvin Bragg. They uh, basically stand with Donald Trump. You talked about backbone, David. Uh, I think what we're seeing here is a level of moral cowardice and a fear of Trump that suggests to me that no matter how many indictments we have, no matter how powerful the evidence against him as a criminal grifter, as a violator of multiple laws, as an inciter of violence against the United States and its fundamental system, as a man who stood and sang along with January 6th insurrectionists, they will not get distance from him, they fear him. And that is unsettling to say the least. Now, I'd make one other point, which uh, I made with Kavita before, but I think it's worth repeating. For all of his life, Donald Trump has avoided any consequences for his grifting and criminal behavior. He has found ways, partly because of the innate corruption in New York, where he could pay off uh, politicians and law enforcement people and avoid any of the consequences of his actions. He and his father, when they were caught red-handed, uh, discriminating against people of color in their apartments, found a way out of it. They sort of pled that uh, they were guilty, but didn't face any significant consequences. Now is a different time. And we are seeing, I believe, serious mental deterioration on his part because they're closing in on him from multiple venues. And he has one other problem with all of this, which is he can't get good lawyers anymore. Why would anybody in his or her right mind want to work for Donald Trump? Most of the lawyers who've worked for him are now either being called in front of, hauled in front of grand juries or facing serious consequences, including disbarment in some instances. Many of them uh, who expected to get paid have been stiff. So he's going to have five different arenas, at least, maybe six, one or two in New York, a couple with the feds, at least. Uh, actually, two or three in New York, including the E. Jean Carroll uh, uh, rape case, and uh, of course in Georgia. And he's going to need armies of lawyers. Will he pay those lawyers? Some of them will do it for the notoriety, but now the notoriety comes with an enormous cost. And when you look at the lawyers who are going on television to defend him, you see that these are people that you're astonished could ever pass any bar exam. So he's got big troubles ahead. And with that, I'd still say he is the odds-on favorite to win the Republican nomination in 2024. Jesus Christ. 
Oh, I'm not God. sure Norm made me feel better, by the yeah, way. <laughs> I don't need it. He's not making me feel better there. You may want to uh, stay in that closet, Kavita. Yeah, it's... I am. I am. I am just going to stay here in Texas in my closet. Just pretend well, let me, I, let, I can't. Let me, let me pick up on Norm's last question there, because, you know, this is just a conversation between the three of us and, you know, 25,000 other people. But but just, it's, you know, it's a smallish group. Um, Norm's right. And and I, and I, everybody talks about oh yeah no indicting ah. Trump you know that's going to be good for Trump that's complete crap you know getting indicted is not good for anybody having to go to trial is not good for anybody except including especially pathological liar who's committed a lot of crimes and he's right there are three cases in New York likely there's a Bragg case there's a tax case there's Eugene Carroll case there's a a, a, a case in Georgia. Um, which uh, could be a RICO case that could involve a whole lot of different other things. There, Jack Smith is looking at uh, a case involving obstruction of justice, likely, as well as the illegal uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, acquisition or maintenance of, of, of classified documents, plus the whole January 6th case. And if Georgia goes down, you know, is Michigan going to do a case on electoral fraud or somebody else that could happen? Donald Trump's not going to be the candidate. I'm sorry. I, Norm, I agree with you on all things. He's yeah. not going to be the candidate because he's a really unpleasant person. Uh, he's not going to be the candidate because a lot of his policies are just out and out Mussolini level fascist. So let me just play a game with both of you because you are you have creative minds if it's not trump and it's not desantis and it is biden on the other side who's going to be the republican candidate kavita i still say pence is has, has the ability to get a war chest together has been doing a lot to distance himself and he's been cautious and smart about his comments related to january 6th i think this grand jury you've covered it in in your pod and david it's going to unfold that Let's see what happens now that he has to testify on January 6th. And his words obviously will be carefully curated, but he could emerge out of that, even David, depending on his testimony as the kind of Republican darling. You and I know there's a lot of distance till November of 2024. So it's well, possible. He could. And, you know, there has seldom been a, a situation that I can think of in American uh, political history. And Norm, you're a historian of these things. So maybe you'll think of it where one politician running for president has the ability to stick the shiv in the other politician under yep. oath. So, I mean, he can have offer one sentence, uh, you know, and that's it for Trump. You know, Pence, Pence can do that. Um, exactly. And he's a pretty slithery little worm there. Uh, what that's do you, right. What do you, what do you think, Norm? <laughs> Um, so I think we're in, you know, sort of weird territory when you think about the other alternatives. We have one announced candidate, Nikki Haley. I am a deep skeptic. Um, I see there's somebody who has not one principle other than naked ambition and will emerge as a phony along the way. The one I'm uh, keeping an eye on is Glenn Youngkin. Mm -hmm. Um the governor of Virginia, who is term limited, so he has another reason to uh, want to run, who has continued to be portrayed falsely by way too many in the media as a kind of moderate guy because he wears fleece and, uh, and looks like a good dad. 
but who is a racist Trumpist to the core. And if you look at the people he's put in office, that he's put on boards, the action that, actions that he's taken, including voter suppression and many other uh, despicable things, uh, he is right in that Trump camp. He has done nothing to alienate any of the factions of the Republican Party. And I think a lot of them will see him as a milder, more amiable version of uh, Ron DeSantis, an alternative who will give them everything they want, but still have a greater ability to be elected. And if he runs, I'm fearful of the role that he will play because he could win. And if he won, we would be once again on a march towards becoming an American Hungary. Uh, so he's the one I'm keeping an eye on. I think there will be a cast of many out there. And one thing to keep an eye on is if Trump, besieged as he is, runs, and ultimately they deny him the nomination, it wouldn't be a surprise if he decided to burn the whole house down, taking revenge against the Republicans by running as an independent, which would be the best possible news that Joe Biden could get. By the way, this is the reason that you guys have your own show. You're both exactly, if I had to pick two candidates that I thought were going to be the candidates, it would be either Pence or Youngkin. Uh, if I were to play that out, I would think that Trump would run as a third party candidate. That's why I yeah. think Joe Biden is going to be reelected as the president of the United States. Uh, what's going to happen in the Senate and the House? I don't know. Looks very tough in the in in the it Senate. Yeah. Uh, it does. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, Joe Biden's second term with a Senate stacked against him and a House stacked against him, uh, that'd be kind of a nightmare, wouldn't, wouldn't it, Norm? You're the specialist in these things. It would. And, you know, if you have to lose one House, uh, it's uh, as a president, uh, you want it to be the House rather than the Senate, because the Senate, of course, handles confirmations. And if we have a Republican Senate, forget about any judges and expect a lot of difficulty, major difficulty uh, when it comes to getting your own executive nominees in. And, you know, you're going to have a whole lot of uh, openings that you need to fill, which would make his presidency more difficult. Um, I want to do a, a, a modest rant now against the Senate, though. Democrats <laughs> know that they've got uh, an uphill battle to say the least, to hold the Senate. Now is their time when they have a majority. We are seeing these ridiculous, real witch hunt investigations going on in the House by a group of pathetic figures like uh, Jim Jordan and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and many others. The Senate needs to up its game, not only to crank out ever more confirmations, especially of judges, staying nights and weekends if they need to do so. But at the same time, this is a time for the Senate to step up and do counter oversight, real oversight, real investigations to, uh, you know, if the House goes after Tony Fauci, as I expect it will, uh, trying to treat him as a criminal, then the Senate should do its own hearings that show how heroic he actually is. In every instance that the House runs one of its crazy investigations and faux investigations, 
The Senate should be countering it. And I see no sign that they're doing anything other than business as usual. So look, the magic of podcasts is amazing. You guys are out there, you're listening, you're doing your working out, you're driving to work, you're driving home from work, you're lying at the beach and thinking, what would I want to do on the beach here in the sun? I'd like to listen to Norman Kavita. And so you've downloaded Words Matter, uh, which you should do. More people should, everybody should do it. But, um, you know, there are little things like when is it recorded and so forth. And uh, uh, that creates a, a conundrum for those of us doing the podcast because we sort of, usually we, we do a recorded podcast and we put it up in the air a couple hours later. Um, but this case, there's a little delay because next week is kind of spring break for a lot of people. So we're recording this a week before it airs. Uh, and so it's hard to anticipate what's going on here. But I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to run something that's just popped up and and get, get your reaction to it, uh, Kavita. Politico has just run, as we're recording this, which is the week before it airs, a story which says this, Manhattan Trump grand jury set to break for a month. So they're not, they're not going to do anything for a month. And that this was allegedly previously scheduled hiatus. Do you surmise from that that Alvin Bragg got the memo that we shouldn't lead with this particular case, that maybe Fannie Willis and her case should come first because it's so much more severe and serious. And then maybe once they have the cover of these other cases, they can pursue this one and it won't be exposed for its relative weaknesses and tawdriness. What do you think, Kavita? Yeah, I, I mean, that's uh, uh, incredible breaking news and it is consistent with everything that I have wondered about timing of the cases. And to your point, Georgia, I mean, look, I think that the merits of Bragg's case, like what Trump did, all of the things that he has done, there are so many that need to be brought forward. I do think that it was incredibly important for Bragg to kind of stay true, especially when he got inquiries from senators, et cetera, just kind of having the ability to say like, you know, just because you don't think this case is as important doesn't mean that the merits of the case don't stand and that I don't have the ability to convene a grand jury, et cetera. All of that is legally true. Having that month, that's very interesting. I have heard, by the way, that these kind of times off are planned. So just like the payouts and bonuses to bank officials, even when your bank is bankrupt, is also <laughs> planned. So maybe this is the um, SEC analogy of that in the grand jury world. I'll have to ask the lawyer. But I, I could see like a plausible like, OK, look, there's this planned break and that's what's happening. Oh, by the way, this means that it'll give us time. And oh, by the way, Alvin Bragg, if you have ambitions, as I know you do, to be fill in the blank, you know, judge, et cetera, then you might want to do, you know, th this is exactly the kind of backroom conversation any decent um, political official would probably have with him. And you could imagine him saying, you know, they're due for a break anyway. Let's go ahead and take that month off. So, yeah, that is a great timing and probably also important for listeners. What I would like to ask, David, you and Norm, and Norm, you'll react to this news as well. 
I mean, so then what does that give Donald Trump? Uh, you know, that gives him another month to rant and rave and do whatever, you know, random assortment of caustic clowns that he puts out there. The um, Vivek Ramaswamy and other jokers who are kind of, quote unquote, supporters of Trump in the Republican presidential race, nevertheless, to be able to say, oh, you know what? This means that they're retreating. They saw there was a problem. They saw that this was a political manhunt. So I'm uh, waiting for that reaction to come about. Yeah, no, that that reaction, I, you know, that's that that one you can uh, guarantee. You know, yeah. Set your watch. <laughs> set your watch by Trump saying, <laughs> "I'm winning," and they're also animals. Right uh, now, Norm, I you know I just want to remind you that this is actually being listened to a week later, and for the intervening week, people will have been saying all the stuff Kavita and I just said. So you really need to say something here that nobody's heard for the past week that hasn't taken place yeah. yet? Well, first, uh, every one of these news reports, um, I, I just want to pause. I want to see what happens in real life. They often get it a little bit wrong, even if they're mostly right. The, uh, the grand jury is meeting today. They said there would be no more witnesses, but if you're actually going to recommend an indictment, which is possible still, you don't call in more witnesses. So I want to see exactly what happens. Having said that, you know, there was a legitimate criticism of what Bragg was doing. Uh, not so much a criticism of Bragg, but uh, if we're going to have a bunch of indictments, let's not lead with this one. There are more serious ones. And the most serious, which now may be the first indictment, is the one that Kavita alluded to, which is Jack Smith where it now appears clear that Trump lied to his lawyers to cover up the classified documents he was holding at Mar-a-Lago. That is a slam dunk, really serious case. And he's moving pretty rapidly in that direction. If the first indictment that's brought is uh, in Georgia, um, where it is, I think, a clear cut violation of Georgia law an attempt to sway an election, that would probably be better than one that is going to be portrayed as, hey, he's paying hush money because he uh, allegedly had an affair with a porn star. It doesn't rise to the level of the high crimes and misdemeanors that we know uh, Trump committed and the violations of law and of democracy in other cases. So that might be the good news. The bad news is just as you said, David, which is Who's going to frame the narrative over the next month if nothing happens here? And I'm not real happy letting Trump be the one framing the narrative. I'd rather have indictments out there where we know exactly what's going on and we can frame it in terms of Trump lying, his disgusting personal behavior, and uh, an attempt to influence an election by using bribes to do so. So, uh, I, I, you know, I'd rather see an indictment now, even given that it would be better if the first indictment was on the more serious charges. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you know, we've discussed this before privately yeah. and on the air. I don't, I don't get it. You know, it seems to me some of these things are like super sensitive, like, you know, Trump and classified documents. Like what if he has more classified documents? Shouldn't there be a trial? Shouldn't this be, yeah. You know, some accorded some kind of urgency um, in in Georgia. There moves afoot to 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 uh, uh, possibly 
um, uh, uh, stop Bonnie Willis for doing what she's doing? Shouldn't she have a sense of urgency? Shouldn't there be more urgency in the federal? Yeah. You know, people are like, oh no, this must take time and blah, 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 blah. But whatever happened to like drinking coffee, you know, and like work until midnight, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I like to use the analogy. If we can figure out how to get the entire world to agree to like develop a vaccine for like a new virus, like yeah, come I mean, on, you I saw, like, I saw a fucking Apollo thirteen. You know, yeah. they had like two days to save the astronauts. You know, they were working exactly. around the clock. You know, how about exactly. an Operation uh, Indictment Warp Speed? Warp yeah. Speed. I know. I'm serious. Like, yes. what, why? Why Op- is it that you know we can stay up twenty four seven trying to figure out like Operation <laughs> Indictment Warp speed norm you're absolutely right we have two minutes left here i have one question for each of you of a political nature um kavita please explain and i blame you entirely for this how is george santos still a member of congress (laughs) i god if i could explain that i would i would definitely be doing something different than sitting in a closet (laughs) in texas so i i i really i have you know what i think that this is psychological it is that inner gripping fear that every other member of Congress has. It's like, look, we're not as creepy of a liar as George Santos, but if we start like kind of, you know, putting up our own for rot, then it could be one of us one day. So I'm, I'm going to blame like the psychology of, you know, um, fear that uh, there's that Kevin McCarthy would then have to also oversee Every other liar from Matt Gates on to Marjorie Taylor Greene to how many countless other Republican House members and maybe senators who have all done some shade of George Santos. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah, this is not unrelated to the this whole line of argument about the Stormy Daniels case where people go, well, you know, it's not illegal to pay hush money. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) It should be illegal. Tell me more about how you think that's okay, right? (laughs) It should be illegal. A guy's running for president of the United States and he's like done something completely disqualifying. And it's like, no, no, he could pay the person off. That's legal. Just pay pay him off. Um, Norm, here's the other one. And this one's going to seem super inside baseball. But this Wisconsin Supreme Court vote Seems real important to me. It doesn't get much coverage. What do you think? So before I get to that, I do want to point out the best uh, Chiron uh, of the uh, decade, which was on CNN, because in the Stormy Daniels case, the key witness now is David Pecker, who was the former head of the National Enquirer. And the feed at the bottom of the screen said, Trump worried about Pecker leaking. And I thought, well, he's over 70. We all worry about that. Oh, um, so. oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, oh, that's so. great, Norm. Yeah. That that uh, that should be our lead-in. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I would. I'm. I, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to make that the headline for no, this no. podcast. Um, I'm going to stick Anyhow. with Oper- Operation yeah. Indictment Warp Speed. Yeah. Well, anyway, the the so uh, the, uh, the Wisconsin, Wisconsin case. Sup- Case and one is, other uh, the election date that. is April 4th. Yes. Right? So and already early voting taking place. One other thing before that, remember that the congressman from Tennessee, in whose district this mass shooting took place, Andy Ogles, has lied about his record as much as George Santos, and also grifted like George Santos and refuses to discuss where the money went. Um, now, with that, 
there is no more important election in uh, the United States in 2023 by any standard than the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. The Supreme Court in Wisconsin has been the most partisan in the country. It has been filled with Republican hacks. They've gotten elected in the Supreme Court in Wisconsin because of a huge sum of money coming from the Judicial Crisis Network uh, and Leonard Leo. Now the Democrats have a chance running against a complete radical fanatic who is a supporter of insurrection with a good candidate to turn that majority around and to take the most gerrymandered legislature in the country and maybe make it a little fairer, but also to protect against chicanery in 2024. There's another election in Wisconsin, a, a state Senate seat that in uh, theory, in reality, we hope could keep the Republicans from having a super majority in the Senate. And right now what they've done is to try and thwart uh, Democratic Governor Tony Evers at every turn by uh, taking away his power. That also is important. Wisconsin is the epicenter of the fight for our democracy right now. And people should pay attention and maybe do something to contribute to preserving our democracy for this election coming up in a week. Absolutely. Uh, again, the election day is uh, April 4th. Um, uh, if you're a Democrat in Wisconsin, vote. If you're a Republican in Wisconsin, go on spring break. Um, <laughs> or vote the, the right way. Um, or vote for the Democrat. If you're from outside Wisconsin, um, then help the Democrats uh, to win. Um, uh, I, I hope all of you listening to this podcast could uh, discern that uh, talking to Norman Kavita is among my favorite things to do. My, my week is greatly diminished by the fact that they've gone off and done this podcast on their own, and I don't get to talk to them as much. But I'm absolutely delighted that I, I could, um, and I hope we'll find a way to continue periodically talking. Uh, thank you, Kavita, in your closet in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> thank you, uh, Norm. And uh, 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 we'll be uh, back again soon with another podcast, probably in the next day or so. So go to the DSR Network. And by the way, you know, this is not free. The production values here are enormous. Uh, you know, if you were a member, if you go to the DSR Network and you sign up to be a member, uh, you could help support us. Uh, so please do. And we'll be back with you soon. Bye bye. Bye.